Hi, and welcome to Finding Drishti Podcast. I'm Terry Cohen, a yoga teacher out of Austin, Texas. New this season as a visual supplement to the instruction in the podcast are videos on my YouTube channel. Search Finding Drishti on YouTube and subscribe for the latest videos. Take a seat and listen in. I don't know, some days feel really, really long. Um, and then some days feel like the days are flying by and we're living for the weekend, which is so weird to think like living for the weekend since weekends start to kind of blend in with your days of the week when you don't really go anywhere. So um, I was listening to NPR this morning, which is basically my main source of news um, besides all the comedians that are out there. Uh, Daily Show is a really great kind of comic relief version of trying to get the news um, while still getting some relatively serious information. And I'm hearing about all these states that are trying to reopen. And it's so weird that, um, well, I won't say weird. I think it's human, very human, that a lot of people are feeling this feeling of like, I'm so caged in and if I don't leave soon to have a change of pace, have a change of scenery, um, we've never been asked to be kept in our homes for this long. We've never been in a situation like this. This is so different and so drastic compared to our pre-COVID-19 lives, that to be asked to do something that feels very um, caged in, I don't wanna say prisoner per se, but to feel very caged in, to feel very boxed in, a lot of people are having a hard time with that and that's completely human. I've definitely had moments where I'm just like, I want to see my friends. I want to, I want to see my students. I want to go back to the gym. That was my daily thing. That was my socializing was that I would go to work and I would get to see the fun staff and I would see everybody at work and we can't have that right now. So as always, I lean on yoga philosophy as ways to help me cope and to process and to deal with what we're experiencing. And the very first yama, which is that first limb of the eight limb path, the very first yama is ahimsa, non-violence, non-hurtfulness. And there is something about that being the very first yama of the first limb in yoga philosophy. in that understanding when we really take into consideration the impact of our actions, the impact of our words and our thoughts, that that is what makes yoga so different from other practices. That it's so different from just a movement practice, from even um, different mindfulness practices, is that there are these guidelines that we are asked to follow um, to use as our, our compass on how do we walk through life as a yogi. So ahimsa, talking about this nonviolence, non-hurtfulness, this is 
from the most obvious ways, right? When we get angry at someone, we don't just punch them out. <laughs> when we are feeling, um, uh, when we have those really strong emotions, there isn't that first reaction. So that's kind of on the most obvious end of ahimsa, of nonviolence. And then when we have more subtle variations of ahimsa, we're talking about the violent and hurtful thoughts that we have in our minds and in how we treat other people. Um, there's definitely ways that we've all experienced either on the giving ends of using hurtful words or on the receiving ends of hurtful words. And then going another layer in to the nonviolence in our thoughts, right? That we aren't constantly running in our heads all the ways that we want to hurt other people, whether we act on them or not, whether we express those emotions or not. This nonviolence in our thoughts is something that we are constantly kind of using as a filter in how we live as yogis. So when I think about what is happening with being asked to wear a mask when we go out in public, when we are asked to stay home and not just go anywhere that we want where there might be crowds, and then I heard over the weekend from other friends who just went for a drive with their families just to get out of the house. You know, they stayed contained in their vehicle just to go and, you know, see the sights or whatever. They were driving down 360 over the bridge where there's that big overlook um, where Lake Austin cuts through. And at that bridge, there were just cars parked all the way to the bridge. And then I had friends who were going past where all the greenbelt, you know, trailheads are along 360 and there are cars parked all the way down as if this were a normal occurrence. And that to me is, is a violation also of ahimsa. Because when we put everybody else in kind of the back burner, right, and we're thinking about just ourselves, um, there's a hurtfulness that can happen there. And I think we are starting to get a little um, lax in the Austin area from, and I, have, I haven't been out of my house for very much, so I'm, I'm relying on <laughs> my, my network um, of friends and family who have been, you know, going for drives, going for bike rides, and just kind of seeing what's happening in the outside world. And there's this kind of lax attitude about, well, uh, you know, we're doing fine in Austin. We, we aren't really, uh, the numbers aren't going up as high. We're not being hit as hard as, say, New York City. And part of that is the design of our city, that Austin is just much more spread out than a big metropolis like um, New York and Manhattan. And um, we have this kind of false comfort. And, and I don't say these things to scare anybody, but they're has to be some thought to what are the impacts of my potential actions and thoughts here? What is the impact from this idea of if we're supposed to be living this non-violent, non-hurtful life, 
what are the impacts when we go and socialize and not even socialize directly, but going to a place where there's gonna, there's guaranteed to be a lot of people. And what I think when we start to see cases like this, where there's, you know, you, you think, oh, I'm gonna go to the green belt because I really need some fresh air. I wanna go for a hike. Um, we need to have room to pivot. We need to have room to realign our plans if when you show up, there's a line of cars going down the road. Surely that's a sign that there's a lot of people hiking that same space. These trails are not super wide. Sometimes they're very narrow. And then if you get to a spot where there's the little waterfall, like Sculpture Falls or Twin Falls, um, there's not really a safe way to be socially distant. And we have to think about these things, unfortunately, because what is the impact? Well, we think, well, this is harmless, that I'm out in nature, I'm not in a contained space. Um, maybe you are staying six feet away from each other, um, but are you wearing a mask? I don't know, are you uh, touching the rocks and the trees as you're hiking through? And if somebody right behind you touches, is that now, have we caused harm there? And what if something does happen out there? Now are we adding more to what our healthcare professionals are already dealing with, um, trying to contain and treat the, the disease? So from a yogi perspective, Ahimsa asks us not only how we relate one-on-one -on -one with the people that we are directly um, interacting with, but how do we relate to society? How do we relate to everyone else around us? And what is that impact gonna look like? I don't wanna get too preachy. <laughs> I know sometimes I get on my soapbox, you know, especially about voting. Um, those of you guys who know me personally who have come to classes know that I get very like gung-ho about voting. Um, but there is something in here that as yogis, the philosophy is telling us that we really need to consider how we relate to everyone else around us. Not from a selfish perspective, not from a one-on-one -on -one perspective, but societally. And when we can all operate on these kind of agreed upon terms of how we will treat each other, how we will not be harmful toward each other, even if you don't know each other, this is part of what being a yogi is. So, um, that is our topic of meditation for today. So let's get ourselves into a nice comfortable seat, whether you wanna be kneeling or cross-legged. Bring your palms together. Let's rub them together. Get some heat growing between your palms. Place both hands over the heart. Close your eyes. Feel the transfer of warmth from the top hand onto the bottom hand and into the heart space. Take a deep breath in. 
soften into that exhale. Another deep breath in. Soften into the exhale. Good, now relax the breath. We're still making them full, but we're not making them as intentional in the sense that it's a, a loud, audible breath. But more of a natural filling and emptying of the lungs. A natural filling and emptying of our heart space. Ahimsa as the first yama is always the most um, difficult, I think, when we are so emotional as humans that a lot of times we let our emotions carry us away. And Ahimsa tends to sit on those stronger emotions that lead to very bad decisions. So when our nerves are fried, when we have had every single one of our buttons pushed, not just once, but repeatedly, we want to lash out. So whether this is annoying people commenting on your Facebook page and you finally want to just drill into them and give them a piece of your mind in as hurtful of words as possible. Maybe this is the child screaming at you over and over again about something not worth having a fight about. And all you want to do is smack that child. I've definitely had those thoughts. I have reminded myself of Ahimsa many times during this pandemic of how to relate with my children. Maybe this is a feeling of claustrophobia stuck in your home. I haven't been able to see my friends. I haven't been able to go to the store. I haven't been able to just do what I want. So I'm just going to say, screw it. Let's go to the green belt. Let's go hang out with friends. Let's go to Zilker. Let's go throw a frisbee around. There has to be some restraint. And that's something that yoga is always trying to teach us. Is the restraint in our actions restraint in even letting our thoughts carry us away to try to stay as grounded as we can and try to stay as present as we can and even in our physical practice it's learning how to control your body with your breath as you transition from one pose to another, or even as you stay in a very challenging pose. I've talked about how Utkatasana 
chair pose was my nemesis pose for many, 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 many years. And I always had immediate angry thoughts coming into that pose. What I've learned over time is that my anger was coming out of uh, weakness, actually. I just wasn't strong enough in my legs yet. I wasn't grounded enough. I was still living in my head too much and not feeling into my body. And the more that I've worked chair pose, the more that I've worked even in my fitness goals, strengthening my legs, the less that pose became a trigger for my angry thoughts. So when we consider how are we reacting, how are we behaving and interacting in this very bizarre situation that we're in, that this will be hopefully be the only time in our lives that we deal with something like this, and hopefully we learn some lessons from this. What happens when we don't let our emotions carry us away? What happens when we get out of our heads and create, create those stories that say, screw this, screw the government trying to tell me what to do, screw these rules that we're supposed to live by. I'm fine. My housemates are fine. My neighbors are fine. We should be fine. This should be fine. And we talk ourselves out of staying the course. And we start to weigh our risks. Well, we've been living in our heads for too much. So in those moments, can you get grounded again? Can you stay with your seat and your presence? And once those strong emotions, once they pass, Usually you realize, well, okay, this, this is an inconvenience, but this isn't that bad. If I stay home, if I follow the guidance of doctors and scientists who are telling us what they're seeing on the front lines, then that is my act of kindness toward others. That is how... I practice ahimsa, how I don't add one more thing, one more burden, one more risk, one more whatever you want to name it, out onto society, out onto our neighbors, out onto our local community, to our global community. And this is where we need to stay for the time being. Making safe, smart decisions when it is time to make a decision. And maybe there's not enough information yet to make certain decisions. So do we act on no information? Do we act on misinformation? 
Maybe we hang tight for a moment, stay grounded. Stay here for a few more breaths. Feeling the warmth of the hands against the heart. Listening for the sounds around you. Feeling the seat underneath you. And just noticing a little bit of stillness here. This pandemic has made some people want to run, act, move. But maybe it's also asking us more strongly to find stillness. To allow the waters to calm. To allow things to settle so that the water can become clear enough to see through again. And when we find this little bit of stillness, we can be clear of mind, notice the impacts that we have on each other, so that when it is time to move, time to make a decision, it won't be one that we will regret. Gently release the hands, flutter the eyes open. And that's it for me. Thank you for listening to Finding Drishti podcast. Support this podcast with a donation via Venmo to Terry-Cohen, that's spelled T-E-R-R-I-K-O-E-N, and telling your friends and family. You can find my live online teaching schedule at findingdrishti.com.